Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our listeners. Uh, I am sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers, Dr. Alexandradi, two of my colleagues and friends from Tabana Organization. Uh, yesterday, we talked about extensively pretty much about the challenges we encounter in life and how do we actually go about it. And we had three sessions, conversations about that. And we started first with just puzzle and how do we create challenges in life? And even though they're difficult, we make them doable and we sort of enjoy it, even though we go through all these challenges. And um, we started with actually Dr. Rockers talking about a game or a puzzle he created. And today we want to continue the same conversation because there's so much to talk about that. And we each had a lot of psychological conversation regarding that topic of challenge and game and puzzle. So Dr. Rockers, I want to start with, again, the puzzle you created, because I like to hear more about that. And what was the drive and what you came about this puzzle and then we can, again, talk about all different issues surrounding it. Okay, we have to clarify. I did not create the puzzle. That's no, like you created puzzle. it by doing it. By Hold doing on. it. I meant. Because right, right, right. Yeah. it sounds right. really hard. So uh, I'm giving you credit for it. You but, created it. <laughs> somebody no, else. Actually, yeah. no, no, no. In my mind, you sort of created because you just read about it. But then you created by going to YouTube, checking to see how it works. And then you started creating it for yourself. That's what I meant. Okay. Not that okay. You were the first I didn't want to take, take away. You didn't, you didn't invent it, but you did create it. I didn't invent it. That is correct. Well, the puzzle, what happened for me, and I mentioned this yesterday on our program, was I reached this place at first, I didn't even know how to do it, but the real turning point came when I reached this place where I had gotten started doing these, and I reached a level where I couldn't figure out what to do next, and I would look at the puzzle, and I could not see any possibilities. I couldn't conceptualize what was the next step. I had no idea, and I remember that feeling. That feeling was both, it was kind of a blank but it was a helpless feeling. And in a way it was kind of an irritating feeling. It's a similar feeling I remember from when I was at school in undergraduate. And I think I was taking a physics, physics class or maybe it was a math class, I'm not sure. But that feeling, it, like I said, it, there's kind of a blank. It's like there's no, there's no handholds, there's no toeholds to climb in the mountain here. I don't know what to do. It's irritating that for me, I think that's my own personal thing, but it's also this helpless. My question, I have some answers for this question too, but I want to hear from you guys. My question is, what do you do? What does one do when we don't know what to do? When we're facing something and we don't know what to do, how do you go about it? What do you do? What do you tell yourself? How do you deal with those feelings that come up? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm smirking as you say this, Daniel, because... I saw the smirk. I you see the thought, smirk, yeah. Am I given a stupid question here? No, 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 no. It reminds me of this time. So I by no means claim to be a neuropsychologist, okay? I am the furthest thing from it, probably. And yet uh, during my training, I was on a, a, neuroprac, uh, a, a neuropsychology practicum, which was like a year long of psychological testing that I had to do. And I'm, especially in grad school, I was one of those people where I like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, immerse myself in this world. I did all the readings. I even joined a neuropsychology club. Like I was like, I'm going to like learn the best that I can. Right. So the Wisconsin sorting card test. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this yeah, test. Card sort. Wisconsin card sort. Yeah. The card sort. Yeah. Wisconsin card sort. I, I, I vividly remember that feeling you described in trying to learn this test. I remember the, uh, the, the, the supervisor at the time showing me and my other three uh, kind of cohort of students, and he was showing everybody how to do it and everybody else got it. And I just, I couldn't see it. I just could not see it at all. Like what, what, what was the thinking of the way that you pattern these cards that they connect? And it was funny because I remember I was like, wait, like that? And they were like, no, no, no. What do you, that's not even a thing. And I was like, I, I don't know. Okay, well, what about this? And they'd show me and I was like, I don't see it. I, I literally felt like I was in the dark and somebody said, oh, look at all those things over there. And I was like, I don't see anything. And, and it's so interesting too, because this relates to the idea too. Like, even though I was trying to see, I just could not get my, my brain just would not see Till this day, I stay away from the Wisconsin card sorting test because I have never, I haven't tried again to get it. And, and maybe I should, who knows, but I just, it, it did not connect. It did not click at all. So in, in, the, in that question, what do you do? I got to a point where I was like, I, I can't, I, I am not even, I wasn't even upset about it. I wasn't frustrated with myself. I couldn't see what I couldn't see. And so I just had to resign. Like, I don't know how to do this. I, I my brain does not process things in that way. So I, I may have some cognitive, you know, functioning issues because of that. I don't know if that's what the results of that means, but no, for some reason, it just, I, I couldn't, I could not get that. So yeah. You yeah, mean I, like, I, like you would not do well if we administered the Wisconsin card source? I, I, I would stare at you blankly and be like, I have no idea. So, I mean, I just, I had, I had to, res that, that, I guess in answer to your question, mine would be, I had to resign continuing trying to do that. And it was just, I had to surrender and say, I, I don't know how to, I can't, I, I just, for whatever reason, maybe it was in that moment. Maybe now, if I were to look at it again, I would get it instantly. But at that point, my brain was just not working that way. Okay, Dan, I think our next thing is to bring some of those uh, cards and work. Oh, wow, great. <laughs> That's what I get. That's what I get for, for revealing my for opening my, up. Yeah. My vulnerabilities. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give me the TAT. I can do the. <laughs> give me a projective test. I'll even do the Rorschach. Come on. Like, yeah. No, give those to me. Yeah. There's no right answers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. But side A, what my question coming back to my question, what does one do when you don't know what to do? You're facing some challenge or some task. What do you do when you don't know what to do? Um, I personally would just 
research and because I've been in education and we've been always working with kids and encouraging them and walking them through, you know, we always want them to be self-sufficient. So one of the things we always taught them was, you know, you have to be self-sufficient. You have to search on your own. You have to really be uh, the one that you wanted to find the answer, always go through different steps. So we always were talking about this, especially in my position. I always met the students when they had challenges educationally and they were not making it. So one of, uh, one of the most important thing was being self-sufficient. And with that, you know, you have to research, you have to, especially now with all the videos, um, I personally do a lot of videos when something that I want to do, it, I get stuck. I try to research. I try to find ways to, to see how I can do it. But I think one of the major part is your persistence. You, if you are persistent and you really want to make sure you can do it, um, well, especially it's one of the things I've have experienced it's in me. I want to make sure, like if I was Alex with all the difficulty, I would have gone to do this once or twice or three times or four times and then asked one of the other people, even, even if I'm afraid to ask the supervisor so that it doesn't show that I don't know, but find someone who's my level to say, hey, come and show me. And I've done that many times, especially when I first became an admin. It was a lot to go through, especially the financial part, uh, all the policy and stuff. And some of it was very new to me, but I was working day and night to get to it. And I was asking other colleagues, how do you do this? I am running into this issue. How, if, how would you do it if you were me? So I think it needs a lot of the inner drive that would put you in a situation that you want to find a way to get to it. So it's my personal experiences. Alex, do you have a follow-up then on that? I'm never, I'm never telling you guys anything ever again. And, no, I, just I, I did <laughs> no. not jump on you. I was the one who took advantage of no, 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 the revelation. Kidding, no. no, you know, Saide, there's so many things in life where I do. I'll, I'll keep pushing myself and, and I'll keep exploring. But that, that was, that was, that was one of those times where it was just, it did not click. And it yeah. was so, it was so, it was such a strange experience. Cause normally what I'll experience is like, you keep trying to learn it. You see it another yeah. way. You have it, somebody, you know, explain to you. And I did, I, I had a, another colleague uh, uh, who sat with me and tried to show me. And it was so funny. It was almost funny. It was just like, I literally have to surrender and say, like, for whatever reason, my brain is not getting this one. I get all the other tests, but that one, for some reason, it, it was just like my mind couldn't think that way. And then that's what that's why I remind that's what reminded me, Daniel, when you were saying you got to this point with the puzzles that like it was like this barrier, like your mind could just not get over that. And so I feel like I've had luckily, I feel like I haven't had that too many times in my life. Yeah. where it stood out in a way of like, not just reaching that point, 
but then not being able to overcome it in that way where it is a great feeling to be able to overcome that. But when you can't like, it's just like, what do you do? You know? So I think it's a great question in that way too, Daniel. Was your experience similar to mine in the sense, like I described a feeling of being blank irritation and also there was third piece there. I well, a little, a little different. I wasn't frustrated. I, I, I think I, I did encounter a little bit of that, but it was so short lived because it was like, again, I, I couldn't see what was clearly there and everybody else can see. It, it was just, it wasn't, I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm trying to see it. But my brain just is not working that way. Especially it's very visual too, for me in that way. Like I could not see the pattern. My brain was just not seeing that pattern. Yeah. No, I totally uh, understand, Alex. It wasn't anything to <laughs> about you when I said that, <laughs> but it's just uh, because, like, for example, yeah, we don't we don't want to lose Alex. I'll, I'll <laughs> no, in some, in, in some uh, sports or in some other things, uh, you know, we have maybe tried and. We just sort of, I, I'm just thinking maybe the interest, maybe, you know, when you really have interest, even though the hardest thing you may go after it and follow up. But anyways, um, to give a lot of credit to you, uh, I appreciate your honesty and sharing that. <laughs> no, seriously, because I'm sure our listeners, they, anyone in life, hits the wall sometimes and it's a great point so maybe we come back from break we can talk more about what do you do when that happens so with that i want to say a few words in farsi shenavandegan aziz radio bamdad man be hamrah do tan az hamkaranam dr rakers va dr andradi emroz dar khidmatun hastim man saide malik afsali hastam va ma در ادامه صحبت های دیروزمون صحبت های چالش های زندگی رو میکنیم چالش های کاری چالش هایی که در رابطه و هر نوع به صلاح چالشی که برامون تو زندگی پیش میاد ما باهاش چجوری مواجه میشیم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم قبل از اینکه باز من توقف کنم در صحبتم میخواستم ازتون خواهش کنم از کسانی که دوست دارم برنامه ما رو به زبان انگلیسی بشنبند دعوت کنین روزای شنبه و یه شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا که بعد از ظهر برنامه ما رو از رادیو بامداد گوش بدن زمنان ما پادکست های زیادی داریم که از طریق سپاریفای و اپل میتونین ما رو دنبال کنین و به تاپیک های متعددی که شاید بیش از 150 تاپیک بوده تالا گوش بدین برمیگردیم و دنبال صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Rockers, Dr. Andrade, and this is Dr. Saideh Malik Absali speaking. And we continue our conversation regarding challenges in life and uh, also how we enjoy going through challenges, even though we have a lot of uh, obstacles and a lot of, you know, perhaps difficulty in order to get to where we want to get. And uh, we ended up with thanking Dr. Andrade for sharing something personal, which I believe a lot of people in life face that. So I'm going to give it in the, to the um, hands of Dr. Andrade, so maybe he can continue. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for more of Dr. Rucker's questions about, about how, how we pursue something like this as far as overcoming these challenges. So yeah, Daniel, do you, do you have any questions and more questions for us? I, are you kidding me? I always have more questions. I love questions. You do. Ask, You're the question guy. I'm the question guy. Right. I'm the <laughs> questioner. So here's the, here's the question. Hmm. How do I go about making a challenge out of something that is a burden? Good question. The, the idea is like this. In when I was an undergraduate and I talked about that class where I could not get this, it was a science or a math issue. I couldn't get it. I couldn't understand it. I didn't know how to do it. I remember looking in the book and the explanation just didn't click. I think it's like what you're talking about, Alex. People telling you like, it doesn't fit. I can't put the pieces together here. What do we do in life? Let's generalize this to a larger thing in life. What do I do? How do I go about it? when I encounter something like this, that I don't, I don't know where to go. How do I go about, I'm, I'm kind of preloading this. I think we need to make it into a challenge. How do we do that? Can we team up with someone to do it? For example, I mean, there's so many things, of course, that you can team up, but, but my thinking is because I'm sure I have had many challenges, especially work-wise um, but I always found someone as a team to do it together, pair up with someone, you know, to do it. Because, um, for example, when I was getting my administrative degrees, there were a lot of projects that they would give us. That was difficult if I was going to do it by myself. But because, um, you know, I could trust some really good people in courses we were taking and together we were going through challenges. But if I knew someone is good at this and I'm not, I would pair up with that person. It takes a lot of effort, I think, but you know, how about pairing up with someone who knows more than you, you know, not a lot, but even a little. So maybe together with putting your head together, you can come up with some ideas. Because I've done that in the past, it's worked for me. Somebody who's good at something and is good at explaining things too. Yeah. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is, it's almost like getting a, a baseline of things. And so saying, well, what, what is, what's the current status? And so if we could say, okay, this is how something is functioning now, then we can say, how can I go about changing this? Like, where is my power, I think, in that? Because if it feels like a burden, 
it feels like, you know, something maybe that is not within our power, not within our control. So we have to look at where we have control. I think the example that's coming to my mind is years ago now, I, I was told that like my health was, you know, in a risky state as far as um, uh, like maybe being diabetic. And it terrified me to hear that. So I reevaluated how I was eating, you know, how I was, you know, my activity health wise. Uh, so I had to, before I can make any changes, like I had to say, okay, wait, this is what I'm doing now. This, this may be healthy. This is maybe not healthy. And then try to structure it in a way where it felt like, okay, wait, I can control something like, you know, what was going on in my body that I felt like I had no control over before. And so it was able to, I was able to avert, you know, not having diabetes. And I think has major made some major life changes with how I ate and how I exercise mostly how I ain't. Um, and so, yeah, that, that for me, getting a baseline was what was helpful to make something that was a burden and very scary, something that was manageable and reasonable. So seeing something as a challenge instead of a burden is a perspective change. So yeah. how can I make, how can I do a changed perspective? Well, again, I go back to my own experiences. I've um, been in situations that I thought I'm blocked and I don't get it. I don't understand it. But immediately I told myself, I said, you know, I'm sure there's a, there's a part that if that opens up like a puzzle, then the refs, the rest will. And even to this day, there's so many statistical stuff that it's involved in our uh, profession um, that I have to dig into it to understand it more. You know, there's so many terms when it comes to error of measurement, error of um, estimate. I mean, all of that in research, that sometimes it's hard to understand. And there are so many formulas that you have to really get it. What I do is I break it down and I go, let's start making it the simplest possible. And in my head, I think of something real. Like if I want to estimate something, if I want, what are the errors, even though it's nothing to do with the formula I'm learning, but I start to dig into whatever I have already as prior knowledge and connect it to real life to understand it better. So if you just give me an example of all this research stuff, you know, the medication, the ABAB groups, all of that, you know, sometimes it's hard to learn, but I try to say, okay, let's say we are three groups. Alex is one group. Dan is one group. I'm one group. We are doing this. I start making stories in my head to make it real, to try to understand it. Not that always works, but at least I, I start from somewhere, you know. Hey, what, what's ABAB? <laughs> the groups that <laughs> there's no... Uh, distance between them so that the history part of the research that always causes error in estimation and all of that. So anyways, I don't want to get into that, but like, the yeah, Daniel, come on. Didn't you know that everybody knows what that is? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I had no just, idea either. I'm just trying to come up with, because I know in all of my uh, doctoral program courses, you know, cause I want to 
go back to what sometimes blocks you, it's it, the statistical part, the research the statistical part, uh, it was three parts to it. And I remember it was the most difficult. And those, those were the only subjects I got B on them and the rest was A. I have to brag about that too. Now yeah. we can do that. <laughs> but I remember my challenge was, why can I get A on research and a statistic? And, and that to the end of our program, I never got more than B. But, uh, but at least I could, you know, pass. But I'm just saying, you know, with all the um, effort I put into that, pair up with sometime to understand it, pair up with sometime with someone to understand that part of it, I did my best. So that's all I can say about my own experience. Were, okay, your response sounds very much like a teacher type response, and that's not as a criticism, not meant as a criticism, just for the clarification of everybody real quick. You remember I was a teacher for years. I, I know, I, and I respect that. I think that's very cool. You're applying it to real life things, which is probably what you were working to do as teacher, right? Because yeah. that makes things have more. What about making, and so in that way, I guess maybe that's the answer to my next question, which is making it fun, making something fun. Oh, and then talking about that, I can give you a lot of stuff. Again, teaching background, one of the things I always was doing to make learning fun for the students. So that's the easy part for me. Just coming up with games, coming up with manipulatives that, you, you know, it makes it easier. So I, I can talk about that for a long time. Let me ask, let me ask along those lines, what about making it fun for the teacher? Because it's work. They're still working. Like, yeah. how do you, how do you find that balance where you still make it fun for them? I, I could see the kids that be important too, but I think as adults, a lot of times where we have yeah. to work and we have these challenges, like how can we make those fun? Like you said, Daniel, not a burden. Yeah. So a lot of our work actually was with teacher because 18, 20 years of my career was actually as an admin, a shorter time of my career was a teacher, but um, we always had to teach the teachers to make it fun for the kids so that they learned first and then they had to apply for the kids. So our first line of teaching to make it fun was about teaching teachers to make it fun. So they learn that way, you know, that they can make it fun. But then talking about to make it fun for the teachers, I think it's interactive. When you make it fun for the kids, you actually enjoy it too, you know. So teaching was fun for you. Absolutely. I mean, I made it fun because the first few years, I have to say that was over my head. The pressure... Uh, catching up with, um, so, you know, all the tests you have to um, have and then correcting papers, uh, so many things that you have to do. The first few years, I can say it was biggest challenge you can imagine in my life. I truly, that's why they say the first six months, a lot of teachers just give up teaching because it's it takes a lot of perseverance to go through those challenges. And I remember uh, when you um, pass all your courses, you get your license, you go through all the hoops, 
And finally, you become a teacher, you get a job, which is another hope. But uh, they put you with some experts in order to kind of give you advice and be there for you to support because they know that you are going to hit the wall at many points in your career, especially um, the first six months and then the first few years. And they actually give you a mentor to work with. And I tell you, it was the worst experiences just catching up with daily stuff you had to do, catching up with management of the class. Then they give they put you into many conferences to improve your teaching, to improve your management. But you're doing all of this at the same time. It's overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. And then it's almost like third year when you finally find your way in managing your classroom, teaching, and then it becomes absolutely fun because it's at that point that you realize that, oh my gosh, it's just, it was me who made many of these challenges for myself. It was me who was trying to find, and if I was just being myself and standing in front of the kids and teaching them, you know, just anything I know, but the content comes very easy. But what was it that I made it so hard? I always question that. Why was the two years so hard and how it becomes so much fun and enjoying the kids, even if they did something that was sort of misbehaving, making, you know, other classmates um, into mischievous stuff they were doing. But when you are there and you are confident, then you're handling it, you make it even fun, you make a joke, you laugh, you, you just have your students, you know, with you. And uh, it was just a great experience. And, and when talking about challenges, I can assert to what hard times are when you have such challenges to learn, to do your job, to be able to do, do it well. So you keep your job and, um, you know, you're dealing with parents, you're doing with the students, you're dealing with conferences, you have to, you know, stand on your feet strongly to get up next morning and, and say, I'm going to go through these challenges and I can make it. And it was like day by day, the first few years. You talked about feeling overwhelmed and you talked about the first few years. Yeah. How did you keep yourself going? Maybe we can pick up on that after the yeah. break. Yeah. Okay. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد با دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی در خدمتتون هستیم امروز از رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین روزهای شنبه و شنبه ما برنامه‌مون رو به زبان انگلیسی از رادیو بامداد داریم پادکست های زیادی در اثر همین کانورسیشن ها صحبت هایی که به طور معمول داشتیم یا روی تاپیک های به خصوص روانشناسی و یا اینکه صحبت های عادی ما که هر گونه صحبتی رو ما ربط میدادیم به صحبت های روانشناسی در سپاریفای و اپل میتونین سرچ کنین و ما رو دنبال کنین اگر کسانی هستن از برنامه ما لذت میبرند و میتونن بیشتر به برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی از برنامه ما استفاده کنن ازشون دعوت کنین روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده که بعد از ظهر 
به رادیو بامداد گوش بدن برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade. This is uh, Dr. Saide Manikapsalia speaking. Uh, we, the first parts of our conversation was about challenges in life. And we ended up with me talking about my challenge as a teacher. And now we are back to Dr. Rockers' question. <laughs> my question for you was, you talked about being overwhelmed. You talked about needing to hang in. It sounded like for two to three years before it became fun. And so my question is, how did you keep yourself going? How does one keep oneself going when we're faced with something like that? I could imagine a couple of years, two, three years, I probably would want to bag it at that point. Yeah. I, um, first of all, one thing that was always in my head, There were students in every classroom. First of all, I had five preps. Usually they give the hardest to the first teachers, which is another question why that should be. But at least in my case, I had five preps. So most of the time, I was probably in these two years, I was at school till eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, preparing for my classes, making copies, doing all these things. And remember, technology wasn't as good. Uh, at that time. So you had to do a lot of um, paperwork. And I remember towards the end of my career, it was a lot of using technology and all of that. But um, at the time I was, I had to stay at school to have access to all these things for pre prepping myself for the next day. So my, my day and night was just going through this uh, cycle of getting ready for next day, getting ready for next day. And then when I was at home, it wasn't ending there. I was sometimes a couple of other hours was just making um, sure that tomorrow I'm completely ready for the content I'm teaching. So my focus so much was on being able to teach well, to get the kids to where they need. And it was so important for me that when the kids and the test comes out, they're doing well, I'm doing good in transferring the knowledge that I have to give them. And then also all the politics and all the, like you have to by this date to be at this point of your curriculum. You have to be, because the kids have to take the test and you have to reach them to those points that they know the curriculum enough to be able to handle the test. So one of the things that seriously made me stay and be motivated was the kids. The kids that 
they were in classroom and their faces were always in my head in the morning when I was waking up. I know I woke up and some of these faces were in front of my face that they're waiting for me. They want me there. And um, there were so many diverse students in my classrooms that I knew, I knew in my heart that I have made connection with them and I can get them to where they need to be. And that kept me going. And I had such connection with these kids. I knew from my heart and you feel it. You, the vibe is there that I knew if I'm not there for them, they may not be to where they need to be. And that kept me going. So it was a relational thing. It was amazing relational that I created with specifically some of those diverse kids that I knew they're dependent on me and, it, and I have to be there for them. So one important way is <clears throat> finding the meaning in relationships or motivating yourself through relationships. Is that right? In my case, because it's a lot of interaction with people, you know, I would say yes, but then there are challenges that people are not involved is your personal challenges, maybe, you know what I mean? So but but you're, right you're pretty here. relational person. I mean, you talked about motivating yourself earlier by connecting with people, having somebody show you or explain or get together in a study group. It sounds like yeah, for you, that's, true. that's a, that's a really thing. It's a thing that comes naturally for you set up those relationships and those help. That is true. You know, I, and I think we talked about that in the past, that maybe for women, it's easier to reach out and get help. We talked about that in the past. Sometimes by nature, uh, it's easier for women to say, I don't know, help me. You know, I want to be successful in this. What, do you, what did you do that you, you got it? And I need to know, you know. So, but I think, but along those lines too, I think the relational piece of it is a very big drive and motivator for a lot of people. It reminds me, I always yeah. think of, you know, everybody knows Freud in psychology, where there's this other theorist named Fairburn and Fairburn said, we're not pleasure seeking, we're relationship seeking. And I agree with that almost a little bit more than pleasure seeking. Cause think about it in, in a lot of unhealthy dynamics, like we, people will continue those relationships and it's like, wait, like that doesn't feel good. Why do you do it? And it's because we're seeking connection. So in relation to this too, I think we do a lot of these things in a way, and we don't maybe always realize it, but there's a social component to that. Like, like you said, the rock climbing ex example, uh, there are other rock climbers and, you know, those are people usually who are very passionate and very driven. And so that can be very close bonds that get connected to that. Uh, other teachers, as we're talking about other psychologists. I mean, so I think in, in trying to do anything, we're going to find there's a social system around that too. And I think it really adds to the value of that. Um, I, I, you know, I like to play, you know, pool, I can play by myself for, you know, probably a little while, but I have so much more fun when I play with other people. And so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I can do it in isolation, but it probably is going to give you more than, you know, if you are connecting with somebody and doing the, the, the relational aspect of it. It also speaks to those, the two, I'm thinking of two adages or sayings that are, we have in English language. One is pleasure shared is pleasure doubled. So we like something and we share it, it's going to be more pleasurable. The other is a problem shared is a problem halved. That's 
speaks to some extent to the relational component of psychotherapy, but I think it also speaks to that motivational component. I think it also speaks to the help in getting problem solved component or learning something component, like what you were talking about earlier. So. Yeah, I think uh, back to what Alex and you said in regard to relation, like this uh, Saturday, I went to snowshoeing and it was uh, to some part challenging because you had to jump or you had to, you know, climb and all of that. But at that point, we were about 20 people together. The other day after I came back and I was so happy I did it and talking about challenges, when you go through challenges, uh, for some reason, you enjoy it too when you, you can do it. But then I was just thinking, if it was only two, three of us, would, would we have had this much motivation or not? I was just thinking probably we were more worried, you know, Probably we would say, well, let's come back. Let's not go there. Let, we don't have to get to the end of this route. Or, I mean, I was just thinking one of the reasons we were all motivated together was because we were a group of pretty much, you know, the, the good number, you know. And with that, we were motivating each other. Somebody would jump and say, oh, you can do it, or you can go from this way to make it easier. I mean, we were encouraging each other. And I think that relation thing and then being with people, at least for me, it's, it's really working for myself. Did you say you were jumping on snowshoes? Yeah. I mean, not jumping too high, but it was no, like... she was jumping. She was <laughs> leaping. Yeah. Jumping off something or what? I don't... How do yeah, you... Yeah, like, for example, when you're going a snowshoeing, I mean, at least the route we went, uh, there were some um, uh, sort of like a creek in between, and you couldn't go with snowshoeing in, uh, in the creek and then come up. So you had to jump over but it wasn't too wide. But if it was, we had to find a way to go up or down, find a better way to pass through that because we were at the end going to the end uh, route, which was uh, getting to the Basi um, fall. And um, in between, there were a few of these challenges, but somebody who, were, who was better would jump first and then stand there and, and encourage, say, you can do it. I can hold your hand, put your feet here and do this. And it was helpful. And I was just thinking, if I was by myself or even with one or two people, would I have done all this that we I, I did throughout the challenges we face? And I honestly felt to myself that it was all encouraging of others who would help to say, hey, you can do it, you can jump. You know, nothing's going to happen. I'm here to hold your hand if you're falling. You know, that type of thing you trust and then you are encouraged. You do sometimes things that you don't do it by yourself, at least for me. No, and I agree. I think there's something to that. It was funny. I was playing friend, <clears throat> playing pool with a, a buddy of mine the other day. And we noticed when we play against each other, we both just do horribly. Like we don't make any shots. We're just off. But then when we play together as a team, we're just so much better. And it's just like, there's something on the line. There's this, this kind of common drive to be like, okay, I need to like tighten it up and I need to, to, you know, really focus in, but it's interesting because we both noticed 
we don't tell ourselves that we don't say it to each other, like be serious or, you know, play for real. It's just something that, that comes through when there's that little bit of more pressure, you know, there's a, 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 a united goal. We want to win, you know, even it's just for pleasure, it's for fun. It's not, you know, bragging rights. That's it. If anything, but it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, why is that the case? Why does it kind of tighten up a little bit when there's that social component to it of where competing against somebody else. It's a good question. I think that we can turn to relationships when we have a need to learn something or perform in some way. I think also when we do things in a group, that adds to our experience by creating that bond. So one is we're leaning on the bond. The other is by doing it together, we create a deeper bond. Just think about basic training in the military. People come out of those, or it really any sort of initiation as a group, people come out of those generally bonded as a group. It just makes it so much more fun. It makes it, um, I mean, all my experiences uh, at work, I always enjoyed working in the, in the group or as a team or even the minimum, maybe one or two people together. Because I remember when we were planning for our, let's say, staff development, I always enjoy being with other admins, find out what they're doing, find out if what they did was successful, get the information. And then I never was afraid to ask. And if I created something, for example, fun or something different for my group, I always checked. Do you guys think this would work? What do you think? And they add something to it. They go, no, 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 don't do that. This is, we have done it in the past. It may be this way or that way. You always get a good combination of motivation and um, information, you know? And then I always was more confident when I did something that I checked already. You know, it's the same as our work together. We always put our head together when it comes to different things. And then um, it's just maybe part of the personality, but maybe um, experiences shows to you that this works better for you. Maybe if I go back to my experiences, every time I consulted, every time I brought more people to the mix of whatever I was doing, I realized it was more successful than doing something by myself. All right. So seems like time flies. We got to the end of our program today. I talked too much and I just never too much, never too much. <laughs> so I let you guys to take it from here. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's maybe take a quick break and then we can come back with our, our final thoughts for, for listeners. Okay. That, that sounds good. <laughs>
Okay, we're back and we're going to have our end of our conversation. Okay. <laughs> pleasure shared is pleasure doubled. A problem shared is a problem halved. Think, connect with other people. It lightens your load, increases your motivation, and helps you understand things better. Alex, how about yourself? Yeah. I like the idea going back to what you were saying, Daniel, how do you make something that feels like a burden, a challenge? And I think that's even, and I've said this in similar message to listeners, but I think it's so valuable. That's why I'm going to repeat myself, even think about how we talk to ourselves. So if we say this is a burden, this is, you know, impossible, you know, this is, you know, a headache, it's like, wait a minute, like, is there another way that we can see this? You know, can it be a challenge? Can it be an opportunity? And that doesn't always immediately relieve the pressure associated with that, but it does definitely allow us to kind of say, wait, I can maybe see other possibilities versus just going with that feeling of it being too much. Saide, what about you? Um, I want to say, it's great to change the burden to challenge, but depending on how much value is into that. I was going to say, sometimes I think when something is burden, do I really, is it worth to spend all the time and all the energy and make my life even more difficult, depending on um, how much it's, it's worth in my life? Other than that, yes, it's great to make a burden a challenge and um, how much I gain, um, that would be definitely what I would do. But if the burden is really tough and it doesn't give me value back, um, I would think twice um, unless I have to. So now, Dr. Rockers, back to you again, because you started. So we are going to end the last, last part with you. Do I have to do the last, last part then yeah. to, to wrap up? This whole thing has been about seeing things in a different way. It's about changing one's perspective. A lot of times in life, we have to do things we don't necessarily want to do. So it's better to make those things something that we like doing, enjoy doing, even find enjoyment about it. I think an important key aspect is curiosity. Can I become curious in this process? And I think with every single thing that comes our way, we can be curious about it. We can have some curiosity. I wonder if, or what if we did this, or how does that work? I often tell people if they're going to learn a new piece of software, I don't recommend doing it under a pressure deadline. That's a, for me, that's a sure way to get a real bad headache. And, and have a meltdown too. Instead, just play with it. Just have fun with it. All because, right. Because when we play, we're curious about things. So that's the, that's the thing there. Thank you. And we leave our listeners with curiosity and with uh, making it more fun. Have a wonderful Sunday.
سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این بار کمی بهتر نوشت عاشقی را غرق در باور نوشت قصه ها را از کجا این باور آمد که گفت گر روید سر بر نگردد سر چه حافظ 
پای کوبان و غزل خان لشکر غم را به سوزان بر فلک سخی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بیکرانه سرنوشت را باید از سرنوشت شاید این با کمی بهتر نوشت را غرق در باور رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا